This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Let's go. Educated. Wanna learn how to close deals? Wanna learn how to sell more? That's what we're here for at Sales Genius. Let's go. Welcome to War Games. We will get you ready for your next sales opportunity. Are you looking to win the sales battle? You have joined the right team. Here on the War Games Group, we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you. With our help, you won't have to fail your way to the top. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that crossed before you. Prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for War Games to begin. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming back over to another weekly War Games. I'm going to throw up our little VIP, Amy Lee, and our guest trainer today that I'm very excited for is Brant Menswar. Brant is a guy. i got to give you my personal history with, mm. with Brant. So I go into a room with you know our beloved friend, Robbie Cornelius, that everybody knows in the group. Um, Robbie and I are in a clubhouse room when it first started, and then out of nowhere in pops the guy with the hair and i think you know who i'm talking about in this one welcome colonel but all of a sudden there's this picture down there and robbie and i are brand new to the app we have no clue what's going on so we're like brant tell us a little bit about yourself and he jumps in starts sharing about what he does and how he goes through things and i am like mesmerized and literally as we're talking he says you jump over to my website go take this thing and i'm like but where's it coming from he goes it's from my book it's from my book black sheep and i was like dude we need to talk about this so i immediately jumped on amazon bought the book had it come back right got the book but I went in, filled out the stuff. I love everything about this whole entire concept. Okay. And then, you know, me, everybody knows me by now. I stalked the heck out of him in the the DMs until he answered me. Right. And so you could tell by his face. He's like, he did. He just he kept did. sending me stuff. He yeah. Did. Right. Assumed rapport came into play. I was like, I got this. And so uh, we went through and we became friends on there going through some, you know, life stuff as we do. Yep. And then I, I just was like, Brant, I need you to come talk to the group because the the basis behind your book is so unbelievable and it's so basic and we understand it. Mm -hmm. But when you stop and realize it's so against anything we've been taught. And so I, to me, I'm like, OK, I could go through and say, let me tell you guys my impression, but it's not going to be good. But let's say let's get into our hellos from the people that are out there right now. We got Larry Schneider is there. Natalie Essman popped in. Hello, Natalie. Scott Ricard is here. Edward McKay. What's up, fam? We're here. 
Miss Farha is here for me and of all of you guys is what it says. So you're all included. So, but uh, looking at this one, I'm going to throw out, I already put this in there because I'm just, I know where it's going, but mm. you click that link in the, the thing and it's going to take you right over to Amazon. You can buy brands. book. <laughs> but um, again, I'm okay with anybody selling anything and you know, I'm not going to bring anybody on who isn't going to give you value. But what I want to do is I want to say, Brandt is the guy who talks to corporations, the big keynote speakers, the let me go talk to the soda companies and the internet companies and the, the cell phone companies, right? And anybody that's out there that goes, I need to make sure my people can level up. This is what they do. They call Brandt. And so I'm thoroughly excited and can't wait to cut up all the video and grab some great nuggets out of this uh, and put it together. But Brandt, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You can tell me. I'm excited because I don't normally like gush on about like this. With <laughs> you didn't do this when I, it was my week. At no, all. I'm, I'm like, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Group, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It's uh, uh, listen, it's an honor. And uh, I, I just, we had a, a fast connection and just sort of uh, immediate kinship. And so uh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that you'd have me on and, and hopefully we can, Grab some nuggets today that that help everybody who is uh, who's out there watching. Awesome, I love it. Let me go over here. Let me jump over. I'm gonna scoot over. There we go. Okay. Now we're here. Look, look. Even Luigi's calling me out. Total fanboy today. <laughs> <laughs> but Amy Lee has fans, so we're good too. That's leave that up there. But, awesome. Awesome. All right. So Brant, share with us yeah. a little bit so we know okay. what's going down. Sure. So I, I think in sort of prepping for today and, and thinking about what we could talk through, um, I think everybody, uh, from what I know of Joe, everybody really is, you, you have to be focused on high performance, right? So what, what's the highest performance that we can achieve? Where does it come from? How does it work? You know, and so what I thought I would do is sort of walk us through a couple of different things. You know, like one of the things that I would say is what drives exactly. high performance, right? So I would love to know if you'd put it in the chat, what do you think drives high performance? I'd love to know what your opinion is on it because I have some strong opinions on what drives high performance. So in the chat, go ahead and drop that for me. What do you think drives high performance? Um, it'd be interesting to see. So Amy says self-actualization. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I could, I can get down with that jam. I, I think that uh, there's a lot of truth in that statement. Um, I think the interesting thing, you know, for me, when I talk to, to companies about high performance, what does that actually look like? What is it? How, how do we achieve it? You know, the, the answer that I end up coming with, uh, to, to look at each time I'm talking to an organization lands in this discussion. The answer is in this discussion. And you might be looking at this going, what the hell is that? <laughs> what am I looking at right now? I just finished uh, this 12-week mastermind class with the, this br uh, just an absolute, one of my most brilliant friends uh, on the planet. Her name is Tamsin Webster. Uh, she has something called uh, the Red Thread. And the Red Thread is how you craft a narrative to really connect. How do you tell a story? How do you express an idea to get somebody to care? And it starts with telling everybody the goal. So that's what I've done. You all want to have the highest performance you can possibly have, right? But the challenge is what we're looking at right now, 
Right. Some of you put in rabbit. Some of you put in rabbit duck. She calls this the duck bunny, right? This is the duck bunny challenge. And, and so when we talk about high performance, I will tell you that the challenge begins with everybody thinking that we have to address behavior or change behavior to reach high performance. But what I want to tell you is that it has nothing to do with behavior. It has everything to do with our values. It's our values that drive high performance. And so when we talk about that, I have to tell you that not only is this a duck bunny problem, it's one of the rare dreaded double duck bunny issues, right? And that's where we have to talk about when you realize, when you realize that uh, values are what drive high performance, the second challenge is we expect people to adopt values that aren't theirs and care for them like their own rather than finding ways to connect values so that we can use what matters most to us to amplify what matters most to others. And so why, why does that matter? Well, I have found um, over the, the years and the companies that I have worked with, so whether that's been Netflix or Verizon or Microsoft or St. Jude's or you, you name it, Hilton. There's been so many companies I've been have. I've really had an incredible opportunity to work with. I've noticed they've shared really three traits, right? So high performing organizations to me share three specific things. They actually, first of all, share purpose, right? They share purpose. And when we think about purpose, we need to think about a little bit of what, what that really means, right? So they're, they are united and connected in purpose. That's really what, what drives I'm just impressed with your hand and the way you jump back. I'm like, whatever yes. app this is, I need it. You just went yes. through, here's an overhead camera of me writing yeah. on a piece of paper. Amy yeah. was writing down, so she missed that. But Yeah, so, so, so right, we have purpose this. right Look. here. So we have purpose. The second part of this, the second part of this is really, they are fantastic at collaboration, right? So if we want high performance, these organizations are united in purpose. They have a focused driven collaboration, and then they have this enduring resiliency, right? So here are the three, the three sort of key traits of high-performing organizations. And so if you want to be a high-performing salesperson, there's no difference. You still have to have these three things to drive you. You have to be driven by purpose. You have to be a phenomenal collaborator, and you have to have an enduring resiliency to get by the bazillion no's you hear before you find that person to say yes, right? And so if we're going to talk about it in that way, you know, it, it brings me to uh, a buddy of mine. His name is Jim Trick. Jim is a uh, has a very successful life coach practice up in Marblehead, Massachusetts. And several years ago, Jim decided he was going to take six weeks off of work and simply drive around the United States to all the places he's never been. So he drove down to Florida to see me. I live in Cocoa Beach area. And uh, after that, he started to head west. And so he heads west and he stops in a place called Tyler, Texas. And in Tyler, Texas, there is a uh, something called a wild, a big cat rescue, right? So this is a place where uh, somebody thinks it's cute to buy a baby tiger. And then six months later they go, oh shit, 
I own a baby, I have a tiger and this tiger eats $300 a day worth of meat. And now I don't know what to do. And so they give up the tiger to the big cat rescue because they can't afford to take care of it anymore. And so Jim happens to know somebody who works there. So they give him the opportunity to be an employee for a day. And so Jim shows up and he goes to work and he starts taking care of these tigers and he's feeding these tigers in their cages and he's, you know, reaching through the cage and scratching them. And, and he's a life coach. He's Mr. Positivity. So he's, he's speaking life into these tigers, right? You are an amazing creature. Oh, you're so powerful. And he spends his whole day going from cage to cage and he gets to sort of the end of the day and he looks at his friend and he goes, well, is that it? And she says, well, we still have Pepe. And he says, well, who's Pepe? And so she reaches and points up to this hilltop. And up at the top of the hill is this 450 pound African male lion. And she says, that's Pepe. We try to get him to come when we call his name, but he ignores us. He only comes when he sees the bucket of food. And so Jim being the guy is goes, look, I'm a life coach. Let me take care of this, right? So he yells up to Pepe. Tigers hey, love, right, love life right? coaches. They yeah, love life coaches. Yeah. Every life coach I've ever met, same amount of swagger, right? right. So there, he's like, hey, Pepe. Pepe could could give to, to you know what, right? He's like, I, whatever. So again, he's like, Pepe, Pepe, again. So he gives one last try. He's like, Pepe, I came a long way. Come on down here. And very, very slowly. Pepe actually starts to stand up and he's Pepe starts to stand up. Jim's eyes get the size of saucers and he turns and he looks at his friend and she's holding up the bucket of food. Right. <laughs> and so, and so Pepe is now coming down to the fence and Jim is getting very excited that he's going to get a chance to speak to a, to a, a, a feed this lion. So as, as Pepe comes close, Jim's like, oh, Pepe, look at you. You are this amazing. And before he can say anything, Pepe lunges at the fence, lets out this huge roar. And Jim basically soils himself in front of his friend. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it. And I believe that Jim learned to speak lion that day. And, and what uh, Pepe was saying is this. Look, I know I live behind this chain link fence, right? And I know that I drink my water out of that concrete trough and I eat my dinner out of that galvanized bucket, but make no mistake, I'm the king of the jungle. You see, when you know who you are, what really makes you you, your circumstances have very little impact over your life. And so when we talk about these these high-performing organizations and individuals, what I want to tell you is that the root of the three purpose, collaboration, and resilience is something that I call your black sheep values. I was 47 years old before somebody explained to me why farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock. And when I heard the truth, it just, it just rocked my world <laughs> because I have felt like a black sheep for a lot of my life. Right. And when we think of black sheep, we think of being an outcast, right? Of being sort of pushed aside, put away in some way, shape, or form. And what I'm here to tell you is that the reason that farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock is because a black sheep's wool cannot be dyed. Every black sheep is, in effect, 100% authentically original. When I heard that, I'm like, that is literally my life's goal. I just want to be that 100% unique, authentic creation that I know I was meant to be. 
And so when we talk about black sheep values, what I mean by that is these are what I like to call your flock of five. These are the non-negotiable values that no matter how much someone wants to try to influence or change you, they simply won't be moved like a black sheep's wool. So when you discover what those black sheep values really are, what it actually does for you is it gives you this level of self-awareness that you've never, you've never had in your entire life, right? That's what your flock of five actually do for you. They give you this level of self-awareness where you start to understand what truly makes you, you. Now, there are lots of different ways that you can discover what your black sheep values actually are. You can take the Maslow route, right? Where you talk about uh, or go back over the course of your life in your head and you look for what he would call peak experiences, both good and bad, and start to extract what came out of those and how they shaped and formed what you believe and what you truly care about in your life. But that takes a lot of patience, a lot of courage, a lot of vulnerability. And just to be perfectly honest with you, most of us don't want to do it. So we developed a uh, an assessment, an online assessment that helps you dip your toe into the values pool, right? The idea was if I can get you started to have the conversation, maybe you'd be willing to go a little bit deeper. And so when the book came out, we released a an online assessment that uh, you'll see on the ticker down there that comes through worksheet at find uh, worksheet.findyourblackshe.com. It's actually going to present you with 125 commonly held personal core values. And it's going to say, what we want you to do is in this really quick knee-jerk reaction, don't think about it. Just read through these. And any word that really resonates with you, I want you to go ahead and select it. So you're going to read through things like achievement, success, empathy, right? All these different sorts of words. And you're going to simply select the ones that really speak to you. What we know uh, after four or five months and over 5,000 people taking this assessment is that the average person selects at least 30 different things that are really important to them. So my, my first question in that case is always, tell me what does um, crushing depression and anxiety feel like? Because you've set yourself up for failure. There is no way you can honor 30 different things in your life on a daily basis, but you're going to try and you're going to fail. And then you're going to feel shame and you're going to feel anxiety and you're going to feel depressed. And you're going to start to invite all those feelings in that gives you that level of imposter syndrome that makes it really difficult to perform at any level, forget about at the highest level. And so the idea here is we got to get to the truth. Because what's important are simply distractions from your non-negotiables. So we take those words, those 30, 40, 50 words, maybe that you selected, and we group them together by likeness. So you say, you know, achievement and success, go, accountability, that goes in one bucket. And then empathy and sympathy and caring for others, that goes in another bucket. And before you know it, all of the words that you said were really important to you are in five different buckets. You get to pick the one word from each bucket that you can't live without. That is what non-negotiable means. No. It means if somebody asked you to do something that violated it, the answer is no. And it's not no with guilt. It's no because the answer is no. And, and I don't feel guilty. I don't feel bad. It simply is what it is. It violates one of the things that are my non-negotiables. And that's why I won't do it. 
when we get to that, that is your initial flock of five. That's this level of self-awareness. When you have that level of self-awareness, it allows you to start to live your life and make the uh, make decisions with deliberate intention. And there is a massive, massive difference between being intentional and living your life with deliberate intention. Being intentional is like setting the GPS in your car to tell it where you want to land, right? But living with deliberate intention means you know every twist and turn you are going to make before you get there. It's planned. If you think about your GPS for just a second, if you veer off the path, if you decide, you know what, I got to take a bathroom break or I want to go grab a coffee and you veer off the path that your GPS set for you, what happens? It starts to yell at you. Whoa, 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 where are you going? That's not the direction you said you want. Do you need us to reroute you? That's exactly what happens. And I need you to think about these black sheep values because that's exactly what they do for you. When you veer off that path of where you want to go in your life, these values go time out. You're not headed in the direction that you said you wanted to go. Either get back on track or get real that this is not one of your non-negotiable values. And you've got to figure out which is the truth in that scenario. So when you discover what these black sheep values are, they provide you these guide rails to keep you in the zone to perform at the highest level without being distracted by things that are important to you in your life. There is a big difference between importance and non-negotiables. So this level of self-awareness allows us to live with deliberate intention. And when we live with deliberate intention and use these black sheep values, we end up developing a level of adaptability that simply hasn't existed up to that point. And that's really what allows us to pivot quickly in scenarios that might not be exactly how we planned so that we can start to keep the level of performance where it needs to be. You see, when we don't decide what those black sheep values are, you start to try to find answers in the 40 or 50 things that you told yourself are really important. And that takes time and time is money. And when you start to be distracted by all those things, you can't make a decision quickly. You end up missing out on opportunities because you're distracted by things that are not non-negotiables. So when we focus on only those five things, mm, now you're able to actually react quickly. You're responding with deliberate intention. You're checking your values going, you know what? I'm making decisions that are routed or uh, uh, rooted in the five things that are non-negotiable to me, not on the 40 things that I'm distracting myself with that are important. So when we start to understand how that all works, it brings us back to, to this idea here of when we're adaptable, when we're using these black sheep values, it brings me back to these three traits of high-performing companies and individuals. Our black sheep values allow us to choose our purpose. If you hear one thing from me today, what I want you to understand is this. We do not find purpose. And anyone that told you to go find your purpose doesn't understand how it works. Purpose is something you choose. And it is a choice that is based in your black sheep values. It's the activation of your values that actually 
are your purpose. So when it comes to myself, you want to know what my flock, this is my flock. I say we all have a flock of five. I actually, I have six. I spent 20 years as a, as literally living as a rock star with two different record deals, two different bands. We do everything to excess. I needed an extra. You might also need one. It's okay. Right? So here are my flock. Creativity, hope, impact, empathy, family, authenticity. Every decision I make in my life gets routed through these six things. They either honor these things or they violate these things. My life is pretty simple. It's easy for me to make decisions, right? It's easy for me for, to, to act quickly because I have defined what these things mean to me in my life. So when you look at these, when I tell you, when I tell you that purpose, right? Purpose is something that we choose. What I really want you to understand is that my purpose, the reason I get up each and every day is built out of these words that you're looking at on the screen. That's where my purpose comes from. My purpose, the reason I get up every day is to positively impact others by, by authentically providing hope, right? So I want the impact. I want the authenticity. I want the hope. It sounds familiar because I've activated my values into my purpose. My what and my why are in alignment. And when my what and my why are in alignment, it allows me to be incredibly adaptable in any situation. It allows me to know what to say and how to say it in that moment, rather than fumbling around trying to figure out what to do. That is not the time you want to be worried about those things. So when I discover what they are, it allows me to choose a purpose. My black sheep values allow me to use them to provide unique, unique contribution, not groupthink. You want to know what you're worth at work? It's whatever the unique contribution you bring to the table actually is. Unique contribution comes from your black sheep values. It's what you bring to the table that nobody else brings. That's how it works. So we choose a purpose. We use these black sheep values for collaboration and resiliency. These values serve as the glue. Now, some of you, I'm not sure you might be familiar with something called Kintsuni. You might've heard of this before. This is an ancient Japanese philosophy and a way to fix broken pottery. And the, the legend goes, there was a shogun, um, you know, in the 1400s that had his favorite tea bowl break and he wanted it to be fixed. And so he sent it off to be fixed and it came back with staples in it and it was ugly and he just was very dissatisfied. So he handed it to some local artisans and he said, look, I just want you to fix my bowl. It's my favorite bowl, right? And so rather than trying to make it look like it never happened, like the, the, the break never happened, they went out and they found the most valuable resource they had access to at that time, which was gold. And they melted the gold down and they used the gold to repair the cracks. In doing so, they did two really important things. Number one, they actually made the bowl more valuable than before it broke because now it's laced with gold. But number two, they actually told the history of the bowl. They honored that history of the bowl. I talk to people and especially high-performing salespeople all the time. And I know that we like to think of ourselves as unbreakable. We want to be unbreakable. But the real truth, the key 
if you truly want to know how to become unbreakable, it's realizing that you're already broken. Instead of spending your time trying to stop things from breaking you, you should be spending your time realizing what's holding the brokenness together. The most valuable thing that you possess in your life, just like the gold was for, for this Shogun, are your black sheep values. They're the most valuable resource that you possess in your entire life. That's what holds our brokenness together. That's what makes us incredibly resilient. I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with a good friend of mine who happens um, to be a, an executive at Apple. And she asked me this question and she said, look, what does a values-driven organization, a high-performing, what, what does a values-driven organization look like in the real world? And I thought about it long and hard. And, and the answer that I ended up giving her was a values-driven organization looks like Pittsburgh. Now she looked at me like you're looking at me. <laughs> what, what the hell do you mean that a values-driven organization looks like Pittsburgh? Well, here's the thing. Pittsburgh has 449 bridges in its city limits. It has more bridges than any other city in the United States. In fact, it's known as the city of bridges. So why do I say Pittsburgh? Because what I need you to realize is that what these black sheep values allow us to do is it starts to allow us to build these bridges between the things that matter most to us and the things that matter most to our clients. And when we start to do that, you start to understand the power that these black sheep values actually possess. And what you're actually doing is building these bridges so that you can use what matters most to you to amplify what matters most to your customers. And when you do that, you avoid the duck bunny problem. You're not asking them any longer to adopt the things that matter most to you. You're using the things that matter most to you to amplify the things that matter most to them. And when you do that, they think you're the shit because you have just acknowledged that you care about what they care about. That's how you have continued sustainable high performance all the time. You're driven by those values. It should look like a city of bridges. That's what your entire network should look like. You know, the interesting part about it is this. Sheep farmers who care for large uh, flocks of sheep, uh, sometimes the, the terrain is really treacherous. It's dangerous. They might have a river that runs through that's got a, a heavy current. They might have this really rocky terrain and they have a choice they have to make. Do they allow their sheep to traverse the really dangerous waters and rocky terrain and hope that they get to the other side? Or you'll find what the successful ones do is they build bridges so that the sheep don't have to even worry about it. They go right over the top of all the problems. And all I'm telling you is you have an opportunity to build bridges that are rooted in these values and avoid all of that crap underneath that there's no need for you to risk to go through. When we connect what matters most to us, to what matters most to those we serve, we create this bridge that allows 
what matters most to both of us to go back and forth to this really powerful relationship that we start to form. And it's not about what matters most to me and I need you to care for my sheep. And it's not about what matters most to you and you need me to care about what you, we have an opportunity to share things together. That's really how it works. The last thing I'll tell you before I be open it up for some questions um, is this, the end of the farmer story. While farmers don't value black sheep like the rest of the flock, that doesn't mean that black sheep don't have value. They do in a very specific and different way. Farmers keep one black sheep for every hundred white sheep in their care, and they keep them as a marker. So every morning a sheep farmer wakes up, he looks out over his flock, and the very first thing he does is look for five black sheep. If he has 500 sheep, he looks for five black sheep. It's the black sheep's ability to stand out from the 495 other sheep that look exactly the same that gets the farmer's first look every single day. If you want to be high performance, if you want to experience that, you have to get your client's first look every time. The only way for you to do that is to lead with those black sheep values that separate you from every other person on the planet. That's how it works. So Joe, thank you for having me, man. I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, okay. So now does things. everybody understand why I'm a fanboy? <laughs> right now. I mean, other than Sherry, who really loves your hair. That came up because <laughs> you. you were in the zone that was right there. But I mean, you yes. got some fantastic comments in here. Right. And awesome. so it's just, it's amazing. Look, game changer, amazing stuff. We got Larry saying hi, Sandy, but that's totally different. And then do it. Right. <laughs> but love that. We got Natalie out here with the woo. Right. I think she was typing wool, but um, yes. yes. Sherry, Sherry really, really loves the hair. But um, I'm going to tell you guys, this was, this was beyond earth shaking to me. So when I went through the book and I went through the stuff, right? And again, you guys know this because Kimberly Slavic and I are friends. Why? Because I went through the book and I did the exercises. And then I followed up what was there. Okay. So my brother said it, it's worth. Yes. So <laughs> we haven't heard you play or sing yet, but he's a rock star. Look at the wall behind him. It's true. Right. But um, I sat back and I said, okay, where do you find... Where do you find what gets you going, right? And then I had to sit back. But I went through the book, and in there, he says, write down the movies, write down the, the music, write down the – and I'm like, okay, and I'm scribbling, right? And because I'm annoying like that, I'm sending him a picture going, okay, I wrote this down, man. I did this. I did this. And he's like, dude, 1% of the people do this, Yeah. right? And he's like, 1% is actually going through the book with the intention of coming out the other side changed. Yep. Right. And again, we all went into this thinking, OK, this may be something of value, may not be. I started gushing in the beginning. So you went, hey, this is a little weird. Right. But right now you all went, damn, none of you. I guarantee you, none of you that are watching this replay or live are the same person that started the video with us. Right. Because there's a difference there. And so, Amy, you're right. But most people read a book so they can say they read it. <laughs> John Watkins wants the high five, right? Uh, Mars Jed, this is her first meeting. Okay. Whoa. So okay. she's from Clubhouse as well, came over. Well, welcome. Yes, yeah, she joined up today. So she's like, okay. But she's already the one that said 29 minutes. She's already shedding skin. 
<laughs> pretty sure that makes you a snake. But other than we will we'll go past that. That's but, right. But looking at that, right? And yeah. so again, I, I don't think there is any question we could find because you nailed it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that you know me bragging the way I do. Look at I had to do six. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Let's add it to the stream. There's me. This okay. was the most manly sheep I could find. <laughs> yes. Okay, so yes. understand the first one for me is respect. Yes. So I was like, hey, but you know, I'll tell you the word I didn't see down there was humor in the yep in, in the in the big words. And I was like, and everybody that knows this, it's me, right? Yeah. It's, sure. it, that's, it's I got to have the humor that's in there. But it helped me to define what my purpose was. I had no purpose, mm-hmm. okay, until fifty something when. Brant went into a flipping clubhouse room and I was lucky enough to say hi. Right. And then be a part of that. But that's, that's all I'm trying to say. So my brother's threw out there black sheep for life now. Yeah. Amy, Amy's going to be a duck rabbit snake. (laughs) Or she's calling us Marja. Yeah. So, well, you know, one of the things I think that, that is a misconception, you know, there, there's a, you know, Simon Sinek wrote this brilliant book called start with why. Um, and, uh, it gained a ton of traction and, and I, and uh, listen, I think Simon is brilliant. Um, but I wish there was an asterisk, uh, on that book cover because the, yes, you should start with why, as long as you know what your why is. Um, but when you don't know what your why is and you begin to pretend like, you know, you don't experience the transformation or see the results that you think you're going to see because your why is wrong. When your why is not rooted in your what, it is not going to ever be in alignment. And that's the thing that I want people to really understand. You truly have to start with what, what are those non-negotiable values out of those values, choose that purpose that you know is in alignment. And that allows you to be incredibly adaptable for how you're going to honor those things on a daily basis. So it's really think of it, think of it as uh, values, purpose, mission, right? Get your values, your values. Listen, Our values are pretty much etched in stone by the time we are in our early 20s. They rarely, rarely change in our lives outside of a catastrophic event that happens to you. So if the values are static, that means when you choose your purpose, it is also static. Those don't change. So what actually changes, people confuse purpose with mission all the time. And when I say mission, I simply mean a self-imposed task, not missionary, not third world country, not let's go stay in a tent with no running water. Um, this isn't a trip. This is a way to actually perf- you know, perform on a daily basis. Every interaction you have with someone is a mission and you can either honor those values or not in that, in that interaction. And so the idea here is when you live with deliberate intention, what you start to do is actually program these values into your calendar. You look at your calendar for the day, you look at your appointments and you start to write, which, which of these values need to show up for me to have the maximum impact during that time. So when I had this today, if you were to look at my calendar, you'd see three words, three words next to it creativity, hope, and impact. Those are things that I'm going to speak into existence during our time together. It's not by accident. It's not by luck. 
I am choosing to make sure I'm incredibly creative in the way that I present. I want to be really, really impactful with the words that I say. And I want to make sure that everybody leaves here feeling hopeful that no matter how successful they've been, there's a different level of success that they didn't even know existed because they've been winging it this whole time. And when you discover these things and start to live your life with deliberate intention on purpose, the level of success that you reach is nothing that you've ever thought fathomable up to this point. So that's what I want people to get out of this is I don't care if you're the most successful person in your office. If you've had more success than anybody else, you know, I'm telling you there's another level once you get serious about your non-negotiables. Absolutely. And if you guys look at war games of itself and why do I search for the right people to, to come into it again, it goes, goes right back to, Respect. I believe you show up in this room out of respect. Okay. The power authority is mine in my own room. So there I started a group, right? So it, it hits that one. The leadership is here, education and humor. The only thing that's not there is prosperity. But I believe you guys will be getting the prosperity on this point on the other side. So I just nailed all six by holding a room. Can I add one tiny thing? Because what, what you're saying is so incredible. And the only thing I want to add to it, and I think you'll agree with me, people think that doing all this work, some people think that it's frivolous. It's like, if you want to go in the direction of your passions, if you want to take that road. But what people don't understand is this work is why we're here. It's literally why we got a skin suit and why we're in the earth school. And people so many times think that this is just something it's a hobby or some people decide to go the path of actualization, but you are one of billions and billions of souls that has the potential to come here and do this work. And when you said you were coming here, you had a purpose. Now, maybe when you came here, you forgot what that was. It was obscured. You went through whatever you went through, right? Through the marshes and not over the mm -hmm. bridges, mm -hmm. but you have a job and you've got to take ownership of that, that you finding what that is and locking on to that true purpose and finding those tools, it's your job. It's your job and you owe it to humanity to align with that. So I just had to put that in there because 100%. yes, everything you say, 1 million percent, but it's it's not optional, guys. Do <laughs> it. Like you have to do this. It's literally what separates ordinary from extraordinary, right? I'm like, that's what you're talking about. You can have, you can choose to ignore it and not do it. But if you want to reach that level of success, if you want to forget about success, if you want to live a life of fulfillment, right? And you can define that however you want to define it. Fulfillment comes from living a life in alignment with those values. And if you never do the work, done. Done, right? That that's that's literally it. I love that, Amy. I think it's I think it's amazing. Um, it is incredibly true. And that's the the truth of the matter is of all the work that I do, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that I've been able to coach, I'm telling you that less than one percent do the work. And it's it's the competitive advantage. So think of it this way: if nothing else, do it to, to, to own that competitive advantage over anybody else doing what you do. It's what will separate you from the pack. That's really how it works. I agree. So uh, Luigi said, what are the most, what are the most unusual that you've seen grouped together? Kind of words. His autocorrect changed Brant to Brian. He was not. Being uh, 
disrespectful. So, <laughs> so, so what, I, what I would say is that, um, when people do this work, when they take the assessment, uh, at least for the for their initial flock of five that they land on, what I will tell you is two or three of them are 100% authentic and they can give me 20 different examples over the course of their life as to why they're true. But two or three of them are, are what I call aspirational sheep. They're not real. They're actually somebody else's sheep, right? That you've been conditioned to care for. Yeah. And so, so it, the reason that we track these things, right? We do the work. Doing the work requires you to find proof that these values exist organically in your daily life. And when if there's no proof, then guess what? It's not your sheep. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about it. I'm just telling you it's not your sheep. And the interesting thing to this is if we if we go back and I always I, I use these metaphors with sheep because it's so easy to understand. But but the the, the truth of the matter is. After I wrote the book, I was doing a class and one of the students said to me, hey, did you know that sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd? And I went, don't tell me that. That's going to piss me off because that if that's true, that should have been in the book. And it's right. and, and so I'm like, All right. so I, I dove in and I did a bunch of research. And what I discovered was this. It's actually partially true. So the truth is that sheep recognize the voice of the person that feeds them, right. but sheep have very short-term memory, right? So why is that important? Your goal every day when you get out of bed should be to feed your sheep. That's your goal. You got to feed these values. And if you got to the end of the day and you go, Brant, man, I had a really good day. I fed four of my five sheep. You don't get it. You don't get it. Right. You would never, you would never come to me and go, Brant, I had a really good day. I fed four of my five children today. <laughs> that's not a good day, right? Amy Lee, Amy Lee did you write that down? <laughs> you got to feed them all, right? You got to feed I them do. all. But the key is this. They don't all get the same amount of food, right? right? Some days they get a seven course meal. Other days they get table scraps. But guess what? All of them eat every day. Why? Because you want them to recognize your voice when you call for them, when you need these things to appear in your life. If you're not feeding them on a daily basis, they don't recognize your voice and they're not there to serve you. But guess who is? Those sheep that aren't yours. Right. They're looking for food and they end up distracting you from the stuff that's really important that's going to keep you motivated to do the things you need to do. You're taking, you're taking food off the table of your own values when you don't feed them every day. And that's why you have to prove what's real as opposed to just accepting what you think is the truth. Agreed. Fuck. Dude, guys. <laughs> I'm sure it's they're all standing in front of their computers or their phones right now. It's a standing <laughs> ovation all the way around. But we'll take I mean, it. It, that was a mic drop moment, but mics are so expensive. Yeah, I know. Yes. Gently, it's a mic gently placed moment is what it is. <laughs> right. So that's Miss Edna. So we got to get Edna to go to the streamyard.com forward slash Facebook and say, it's okay to use my image. Mm. But there we go. Brother jumped in. He was able to do that today too. So awesome. But perfect. So again, I'm going to tell you first comment has a link to the book. Get the book, read the book. Okay. Cause there's more stuff than what he just went over. 
that's there. So Marcia, she's over here. Like <laughs> she, she just needs to go act. <laughs> I love it, Marcia. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely there. But so again, you guys get the book, go through the exercises, right? When you look at my list and then you go, why will Joe watch Top Gun every time it's on? Why is he watching the Matrix? It's the it's my flipping list right here, yep. Yep. right? And that's what I said because there was a bunch of them, and it was I just kept changing them and going back and forth, going, okay, can I live without this one? Can I not live without this one? And I got to this, and I was like, damn, this sums me up, and yeah. it filled me when I read it. I don't know it's, if that makes sense. It but. does, and and it and it's why. So what you're do, what you're describing is you know part of the book talks about. Uh, really taking a look at what your favorites are, right? So there's a reason that we all have favorites. And the reason we have favorites is because when our head and our heart connect, it engages our limbic brain. Our limbic brains where all of our long-term emotional memory is stored. It's why you can remember the lyrics to Purple Rain written 30 years ago, but you can't remember a single Justin Bieber lyric from today, right? Um, Because no one gives a shit. So the idea here is that the idea is when our head and our heart really, really connect, um, it resonates. And so that's why it's a favorite. And so your favorite movies, your favorite food, your favorite songs, your favorite smells, they are all rooted in these black sheep values. That's why it's there. It's our values live in our heart, but they exist because of experiences in our head. And so when those two things, when those two things combine, you can really start to see the proof. So that's why Top Gun is one of your favorite movies because it actually feeds all those sheep that you discovered. Exactly. And like my brother said, I think what Farha said was brilliant too, right? So we all want to feel like we're living with deliberate intention, right? But this yes. gives you the practical and a powerful way to actually do so. Amen. And I'm in complete agreement. That's brilliant. And that, that, that's your synopsis. Now you can go put that on Amazon 100%. And just go, here you go. This is what it is. But, 100%. And I don't want to keep singing, oh, baby, baby, right now. So stop it. <laughs> baby, Sorry baby. to the believers. Oh, it yeah. was a joke, believers. It was yeah. a joke. No, and we were agreeing all... with you. We were saying, you mean the okay. three words that he okay. uses in all the songs? <laughs> Every song, okay. yes. I can remember those. There's the kinship, but. yes. Great. So, perfect. I want to be very respectful of your time, Brandt. Everybody yeah. else, thank you so much for coming by. Again, um, one of the questions that Marja actually asked earlier, yeah. which was, um, how does she follow you social media? Where does she go find you? Uh, everything is at Brant Menzoir that you see on the screen right there. So every social platform on the planet uh, that exists, <laughs> that is where you'll find me, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, where all of it, all of it. So Perfect. happy to stay connected any way I can help. Um, don't hesitate to reach out. It's, it's me that you get. It's not a team of people. It's actually me. So I will respond to the emails. Should you send them to me? If you have questions, if you take the assessment, you don't quite understand. I'm happy to help walk you through it. So just uh, reach out and I'm happy to do that. Yes, I know. Uh, Farhad took the assessment the other day. I was Great. showing somebody, I was showing this in a different room and I was like, Hey guys, look, I got my big old black sheep here that I put up on my Love wall because so, you guys got to keep it in front of you. That's the truth. Right? So, That's the truth. It's got to be there. But yeah, I would say go in. It's on the bottom of the screen. So don't whine. It's up in the actual comments. Go over, find your black sheep, go through the thing. You know what it's going to take? Work. You big <laughs> babies. We just went through this. Okay. We just went through that. It's going to take work and most people don't do the work. So don't, come to me and bitch that you have to do work right it's completely worth it 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> love it. I love yes, it. Yes, I love it. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Brand. Thank you. You're welcome. That are here, everybody out there in the Facebook group. Thank you so much on the replay. Thanks. And everybody awesome. go out and sell something. And sell something. <laughs> there you go. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated.